Blog Talk Radio. Hi everyone, this is William Hong from American Idol, and you're listening to the WrestleCast Radio. And here's a special song for you. She bangs, she bangs, oh baby, but she moves, she moves. I go crazy cause she loves like a flower, but she sings like a bee. And every girl in history, you bang. This is WrestleCast Radio. Gentlemen, episode 176, 2021 is upon us. And it's just eight and a half short hours. WrestleMania 15 will be coming to you live. New Japan World, otherwise Fight TV. You can pick it up. Nights 1 and 2, $29.99. Get it up on Fight if you want. Fight TV. Get us on there. Myself, Alex Mello coming at you. What up in this piece? Should be great. We're on Fight TV. What? <laughs> Fight TV, $29.99, get both nights of the tournament. Or not the tournament, the, the kingdom that wrestling happens at. Kingdom of Wrestle. <laughs> edition. Uber. So, uh, before we get into anything it makes real sense quick. that LIJ and, and Naito, because we'll be doing a whole different show on that. But uh, since it's the Kinsiera edition, that he's, you know, the uh... pimp. Boom. Look at this man. Where's where's my uh where's my where's my uh where's my shots? That's what I want. Right here, here we go. Boom. Boom, get two of them. We'll, we'll have to remember that for uh, the show in a few hours. Nah. <laughs> yes, we'll be coming back to you in about, I don't know, between five and six hours. Um we we will be twitching along with blog talking the, the Wrestle Kingdom preview that we will give to you uh, tonight before Ooh. it starts. I'm um, go to the gym. <laughs> Kyle's getting uh, getting me a graphic that I can put around our cameras that are going to be Wrestle Whoa. Kingdom related. Um, so we'll have some cool little features. I got some backgrounds that I got uh, saved up and I already got slides made. I had all these slides for Final uh, for final Gate made too that I was going to transition nice. to while we talked about things, but we'll, we, we won't need to do that shit, so we'll get rid of them and put in the Wrestle Kingdom ones. <laughs> Thanks, Half Pints. That's tight, though. That's awesome. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Uh, before we get into anything, I need you to do something right now. Yes. Um, and then we, then we can break it into it. Um, I need you to open up a web page. A web browser or a web page? Uh, something that you can go to the DDT world or the wrestling universe to. All right. Hold on. I'm, I'm just putting wonderful deets over into our Facebook since they'll be able to listen live, but archive yeah. later. So wrestle universe. Ooh, there's By a the way, the, the new Japan 2021 tracksuit is now pre-order available. Dear God on Friday, I'm ordering one. It's like a blue with white. It's so sick. Blue, eh? Yeah, it looks really See, I'm all about that, that Dragon Gate merch. I'm not going to lie. I want an RED suit. I want yeah, I anything cool. and everything, all of that. But it's hard. 
It's hard, like, you know, trying to license their music. Uh, the Russell Universe site is loading as we speak. Uh, where should I gonna, venture down to? Hold on. That's a uh, tag match, Gan- huh? Click on Ganbar Pro Wrestling. Whoa. Um, yeah, I think I think when, when we get our taxes, we should uh, do a giant import order. Everyone that wants Dragon Gate shit will do it all at the same time. We'll just import it to, to my Tenso. And we'll uh, we'll get it to one year from now. <laughs> I'll have my masquerade jumpsuit, and they won't be a stable anymore. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like when I got my Everything is Evil shirt, which I'm wearing right now, uh, the purple LIJ gimmick. I was like, I don't know. Something's going to happen. I have a feeling at this G1 um, and then uh, – or uh, whatever, New Japan Cup. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I should have pulled the trigger, but I just had an inkling that something was going to happen, yet it did. But, hey, it fits wonderfully, and uh, it's, it's you know, reminds I me mean, of the good times that we had uh, uh, enjoying Evil. Back when we're not gagging, when we talk about Evil versus Sonata in the semi-main tomorrow. Oh. Is that really the semi-main? I mean, if, if Sonata has enough of that fire and passion we've seen recently then maybe but otherwise yeah I'm with you that's a popcorn break I, I guess the one advantage to that um, that is the yawn as I was taking a slight nap and I will be taking another one about 8 o'clock when I get the boy to bed <laughs> so oh. ready to go. Um, but uh, yeah I mean I guess if I go with low enough expectations it, it should be at least beat that but uh, let me know when, when Ganbar is pulled up on your screen well then I'm uh to do this here. It is pulled up, but it's still loading, just like on my okay. Xbox. So and once we are Ganbare, uh, the guy wearing a cowboy hat. Bad, whoa, who's bad communication? Hello, I'd like to know more. <laughs> do you see a thumbnail for the Christmas Day show where there's a guy in green? Green, uh, like, yes. flame? Okay. It looks Click like... Kenza's, uh, like, brother, like, from Florida with the hair. <laughs> so now once you click on that, if you go down to the third thumbnail, oh, third thumbnail, it's uh, okay. the DDT young boy Kaigo Nakamura getting his ass kicked by two people kicking him. Uh, yes, he's about to get elated, uh, it looks like. All right, so click on that. I'm looking uh, at the uh, two ladies beating up this other lady. <laughs> So, so as you can tell, Kaigo is not happy about being punted. Uh, you can see Koki, Iwas- Koki Iwasaki there is holding his head. Um, click play, and yep. I want you um, to uh, basically click the 10-second three times, so you're at like 30 seconds. Okay. And then hit play. Ooh, fail to load video. Let me refresh. We're going to make this work because we're going to hear Alex Mello pop like I did uh, about 10 minutes ago. When Is I he went, going to uh, warrior up and from uh, such kicks? Honestly, you, might, you may not even see him because he's the second entrance, and I just need you to see the first entrant. Um, but I, I will say the same thing I said as well. I'm going to back to watch this after uh, we're done with the show. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I, I know this is a weird buildup, but if anyone wants to, you guys can, can do the same thing we're doing. Um I, I I tried to I, I found this so late that I couldn't get the text to Alex in time to get him to see this because mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this through the radio, but I couldn't there's no way I could resist not doing this. 
Dakota Omega. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. He just, I was like, wait a second, that can't be. And I rewound it three more times. I no, Coda Umeda. And, and the chick even says it. Yeah, ladies wow. and gentlemen, Coda Umeda making two stops in Ganbar this month. On, uh, or excuse me, just worked the show. Now I went back on the cage match. The guy tagged with Toki Iwasaki. He wrestled uh, October 6th in Ganbar yeah. at the Corkin show. And then four days before that, Kota Umeda tagged with Kaisuke Okuda against Kai and Kaito Ishida at Dragon Gate Gate of Victory Night 1, the Genki Horiguchi Homecoming. So it was Kai and Kickboy against Umeda and Okuda. He were Dragon Gate in October. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm like, wait a second, what? Yeah, I, I did like that on the eyes. Wow, that's insane. I I can't believe that. So because, I, no and, I mean, mean, he's less velored out, by the way. Yeah, he was. He had some cute cute hearts on his butt cheek. Yeah, and around other areas, but wow. <laughs> so a year and a half later, he is back. You said he yeah. worked a Dragon Gate show? Yeah, October, so October 10th, 2020, at the Gate of Victory Tag 1, night one, it was the Genki Horiguchi Homecoming in uh, Kumamoto, Japan. Okay. Which I think is where the restaurant is. I could be wrong, but I think it is. But how did we not know this? There must have been obviously one of the uh, dark shows. It couldn't have made, this this show had to have not made um, Dragon Gate Worlds. Him and Akuda. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, so the card was Dragon Kid, Masami Yoshino, and Versus Shinji Kondo defeated Ben K, Jason Lee, and Yamato. Yep. Ryo Tsushimizu versus Yosuke Santamaria went to a no contest. And then Kai and Kaito Ishida defeated Kaisuke Okuda and Kota Omeda. Then it was Kota Minoru and KZ defeated Don Fuji and Naruki Doi. And then the main event, Genki Horiguchi, Ryo Saito, Susumu Yokosuka, and Ultimo Dragon defeated BB Hulk, Diamante Eita, and Kazuma Sakamoto. So the show, 250 people there for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like maybe an hour and a half of ring time. <laughs> Our, hour and 20 minutes of ring time was a short show. Mm-hmm. But wow. I, I was like, holy shit, he were dragging it, and then he just worked two Ganbar shows. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, if if it's me and the passion and he's able to manage the business still, I'm all for it. Because what is he like? 24, 25, 26, 25, mid, yeah, you know, mid 20s. I double checked because I couldn't remember. I knew he was so young, like 25 years old. So I don't know if this Kumamoto thing was just because he was there and then he went and worked Ganbar, and then mm-hmm. now he just decided he wants to do another one. Uh, but he he worked the show last week. I'm good with that. I'm yeah. I'm good with him looking like a younger Okada, by the yeah. way, with this dark hair, the eyebrows, the demeanor. Hell, I'm not going to lie. He looks a, l- a little bit better shape of, of early Okada, that, that Okada, scary that bleach Okada. eyebrow Okada. <laughs> looking I, like, like an anime villain Okada. It, it, you know, so now it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to try to add more to the plate, but now we might have to keep an eye out on Ganbar. <laughs> Because if if, if Umeda is going to be there, and I like watching and Ken Nakamura Oka. is so this is this kind of like the NXT of DDT. They're one of their offshoot kind of companies, like Tokyo Joshi Pro yeah. is. Yeah. 
Yep, yeah, but, it, but is it kind of where they farm talent, or is it just something, or is that more Basara? I think I think both because it's still it's technically called DDT Ganbar Pro Pro Wrestling. Oh, so okay. So technically, got uh, DDT. Um, really, I'm looking at Oscar um, was their champion. Oscar lost the title at this show, apparently. Um, Kaisuke Ishii and Shigehiro Irie tagged against Akuto Hodaka, who worked that awesome All Japan match with um, Koji Iwamoto. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he tagged with Ken Oka. Wow. Uh, Iwanari uh, was on the show. So, like, there's some good talent on there. But they oh, Irie was on like the show, a, yeah. Wow. They always seem to do a Ganbar on, like, Wrestle Universe and stuff like that, or Ultimate Dance Party. So I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he's just feeling it out. Oh, what if he shows back up? And then with spoiler alert for anybody, uh, but Yusuke Okada showed up at DDT last night or this morning, uh, which was kind of the thought with Uncle June there. But man, if DDT <laughs> could add Yusuke Okada and get Kota Umeda back, oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. I mean, maybe they're feeling the, uh, all the heat from the, the class of 2020 from Dragon Gate there. I mean, having uh, at minimum two superstars right off the bat joining their hottest faction. And then, of course, uh, the the, the rocker, as I like to call him, the, the third young buck with the most stylish hair. Uh, but that Omida. Yeah, Omida, correct? Yeah, Kota Omida. The one that's not aligned with... Um, no, no, not Koto Amida. The other guy with uh, in Dragon Gate there. Oh, um, Cicado uh, 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 Kamei. Kamei, yes. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, where, you know, maybe they're like, okay, maybe we got to get back, you know, kind of our, you know, a little <laughs> bit more younger talent there, uh, you know, the, the way DDT is, is kind of flowing there. But, uh, no, that's that's exciting. To uh, to see Koto Amida on his way back into the wrestling ring, albeit you know a few matches in the 2020. Hopefully we get a little bit within the new year, which by the way, Ryan, happy 2021. Happy 2021. Yeah. So we we always have that long rant at the beginning. Well, there was our rant that uh, there was a Koto Amida sighting and it made tape, and I was uh... yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty exciting. I'm just more thrown off to the fact that a uh, that's tight, and B, I can't believe that actually happened. So, yeah, uh, I'm very excited for that. To news. Dig. I'm gonna try to dig and dig and see if I can find that Dragon Gate match. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> like, that's my next goal is can I find this, this uh, Kickboy Okuda adding Kota Omena to it? And I mean, Kai is cool, but you're, you're taking, you're taking arguably the potentially the feud of the year and Eddie mm-hmm. Koto made it to it who will beat the <laughs> shit out of people just as bad. Like I didn't know that was gonna be an opportunity. <laughs> oh man. Not gonna lie, I missed the velvet a little, but um yep. I'm all about the hearts. Um I'm all for that. Uh also Bears are making a late push here, but uh I think the ramp might have finished it out for us. But I'm just hoping I see uh your son Repping the Bears. At first, I was gonna say he jinxed it, but like I said, I think your uh, your Cardinals kind of blew it for us. So thank you. Well, Kyler Murray just stepped back into the game now. Oh damn it! Yeah, he's four for damn five it. on this drive. Uh, they he they threw a bomb to Jonathan Hopkins, and it would have been like a sixty yard catch, but they called pass interference on Hopkins. It's crazy how both these games are uh, 
playing in Minnesota right now. I'm just flipping <laughs> back and forth, back and like, oh god. But to be honest, if the Bears make it in, I, I don't know. If we don't play an NFC East team, it'll, it'll be over just as, as quick as it began, unfortunately. So. I mean, where, what do you, who would you guys get in the first? Because the Rams will have a higher seed than you. Because you, you guys get the last yeah. spot, right? Yes, we would be uh, number seven. You'd play the Saints or the Seahawks. <laughs> Maybe Seattle, but it's Seattle, so yeah, not good. Trubisky looked, you know, he he didn't look too shabby. It was just, you know, an interception, and then you know, it's Green Bay. It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get he's playing, you know, really damn good this year. So I mean, lights out a Super Bowl twenty ten caliber. We shall see, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Mahomes uh, in the Super Bowl. That'd be a Oh man, can you imagine a rocket flying right around there? God, my What's fantasy that? team is just killing me. I went twelve oh, really? and two, and then I got, and then I had half my team get hurt in the semi in the in the first round bye, and mm. then I lost in the second round, and then now I'm going to lose in the, the third place game. So my whole season went down the drain with two. Oh my God, Kyler Murray is just flying right now. Yeah, you sound Kyler, like the reason why I didn't do fantasy this year because all my good players got injured early on. Like year and it was just a, a grab of a season that's what killed me is i, is I went 12 and 2 and yeah then the, the first like the week of the buy that i because i had one of the two buys i scored 170 points in the buy and then going into the third or to the semifinal, um half of my team gets suspended or injured <laughs> I was like, no! I was I was poised to take the chip for the third time, third time, third time. Kyler <laughs> Murray is just steamrolling past these Rams. We're on yeah, the five that end, dude, or whoever the hell caught that ball, he was striving to get that uh, into the end zone there. Oh, because the truck. I don't want to take my eyes off of him, man. We got let's so so let's let's get into this here. Obviously, final gate and the final gate conclusion on the 27th are both worth talking about. <laughs> but do you – would you want to do Brody first? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, of course, the aftermath what, what has it been December 26th. Uh, Johnny Huber, a.k.a. Brody Lee, FKA Luke Harper, uh, passed away from a – Lung condition, according to his family and representatives, uh, due to a non-COVID issue, uh, passed away. Um, Of course, we we knew that he was missing from AEW Dynamite probably since the beginning of November. Um, I remember listening to the Unrestricted podcast that he did with Tony Schiavone and uh, Aubrey Edwards, which is an amazing unfiltered or, you know, kind of uh, uh, unsanctioned kind of uh, look there. Uh, and he was just forthright on it. So it was refreshing. You could see that he was refreshed. And then to find out, you know, a couple of days after that uh, interview was made, then, you know, he fell into that horrible, horrible metal condition uh, where he was at the Mayo Clinic located right here in Minnesota. But unfortunately, uh, the lungs were so damaged, as I just read a few hours before the show here tonight, um, that they were so damaged, he couldn't get a, uh, um, whatchamacallit, a replacement or, you know, uh, I don't want to say implants. Is it implants? Anyways, he couldn't get, like, a respirator? Nothing could be done. 
And so, you know, they, they basically, you know, Jr. stated that they had to, you know, see if he could breathe on his own. And unfortunately, just to see if he can kick out. But uh, un- unfortunately, he, he did pass away at the very, very young age, young age of 41. Um, and of course, you know, Ryan, we've we known him. We, we saw him 10 years ago. Almost, yeah, 10 years ago in Chicago at Dragon Gates, I believe, what was it, Untouchable, um, it was called, and it was one of the, the first matches, and it was like the biggest dude, and I'm like, who is this guy coming out in this dirty Dago tee, just about to take on, you know, three, four black guys called The Soul Touches, and he's just power bombing dudes over 300 pounds, just lariating, you know, everyone, you know, just knocking everyone down, big boots floor, clotheslines, like I said, forearms and what have you. I'm looking at you like, how is this giant dude doing this? Because, again, I've been a WWF mark since birth or seven years old, I should say. Uh, so, you know, that that's all I was able to see was big men like Giant Gonzalez moving horrifically slow. But this guy's Driving in and outside of the ring, uh, again, just <laughs> cleaning a house, powerbombing managers, going on the mic saying that he's going to take on anyone and everybody here in Chicago that fateful night in, uh, in 2010. Of course, uh, he was one of the many places where I'm like, okay, who was this guy? Who was that guy? What's a, you know, what's a Brian Danielson? Who's a John Moxley? You know, so on and so on. And of course, seeing she. Takagi and the rookie Doi Yamato, you know, so on and BB Hulk, you know, and I was just like, who's this Brody Lee guy? And then you proceeded to tell me, of course, not of only the other wrestlers, but of course Brody Lee and his time on the indies there. But that that definitely left a wonderful first impression on myself. Yeah, I mean Brody Lee, his his run in Dragon Gate really like a lot of people talk about Chikara. Um, he had a really good run in a uh, scoring circle wrestling two CW. The only reason I bring that up is, you know, just more of a shout out to the, to the gentleman we hung out with in, uh, in Tokyo. Um, he was their champion, two-time champion there. Uh, he beat ah. for it once and I can't remember the other guy he beat for it. Uh, it is, you know, it's neither here nor there, but yeah, I mean, you're, you, you, fu- you found him, uh, DG USA untouchable 2020, uh, 2010, like you mentioned, at the Jazz, Marseille Rocket, and Willie Richardson smoked them all. <laughs> Minute fifty-seven. <laughs> Next time, I'm coming for a Japanese man. You know, I mean, that was the impression of the guy. It's like, holy shit! It's like, yeah, that's Brody. He's bad as hell. Yeah, um, it was definitely, uh, ladies and germs, uh, a phrase we would throw at each other quite a <laughs> quite a few times. <laughs> and what what was really he crazy? Was so intense. You believed. Yeah. He was a, you know, people think, you know, Bruiser Brody, but, you know, on that AEW Unrestricted uh, pod, he, he was like, oh, I got the name because people said, hey, you look like that. My name is Earl Guy. Oh, you mean, you know, uh, you know, uh, Jason Lee? Uh, yeah, you look like Brody uh, from All Rats. Okay, yeah, you're going to go as that guy. Because before he was just Huber number two, I want to say. And then he was like, yeah, you, you'll be that guy. Hence, Jason Lee's last name and his character's first name. So, as much as he looked, uh, you know, and, and portrayed the intensity of a Bruiser Brody, uh, just like uh, Bruiser himself, he was a, a wonderful and, and kind man. 
And he, you know, he had some stuff before that where he worked uh, with him and Delirious were doing the Age of the Fall and, and ROH times before that. But, you know, he was that big East Coast guy. And ironically, that Dragon Gate USA match was his second match ever in Dragon Gate. Uh, they really? did a show in May Uprising that same year. They had an eight-way. It was Brody Lee won it. He beat uh, Anthony Fiasco, Brent B, Cheech, Cloudy, Kyle O'Reilly, Phil Atlas, uh, who's now in NXT, and Extremo. Um, and then his second match. What's your favorite Extremo match? Match, brother. Ooh. Um. Let's say um. Uh, extreme from June 6th of 2020 at the GLWA Wrestleversary 2 in Michigan. Extremo, <laughs> Extremo defeats Moose Knuckle McGraw. We'll go with that one. Moose Knuckle McGraw. Wow. That sounds like a move I would have pulled back in 2013. That's my favorite Extremo match. Uh, <laughs> that's um, the most current. <laughs> yeah, I just clicked on him on Cage Match. Just went with it. I was like, oh, I got Cage Match over. Let's just click on Extremo. Um, but, you know, that that's kind of what got him in the door. And I know Shima took a liking to him really hard. And, you know, he had the connection with Ricochet and stuff. And that's why he flew over for the for Blood Warriors when he joined mm. Dragon Gate, like the actual Dragon Gate. Um, his only loss in, in DGUSA was the pack. So, I mean, he only lost Ooh. one. So, they were. Wow. Using him, and then when he was going to go over for the for the big Blood Warriors debut, his flight got uh, delayed in Rochester, so he showed up like as the tour already started, which kind of slowed it down. But one of the more memorable things, and this is a story that um, that a lot of people have talked about that that follow a lot of the, the DGUSA, is when they came back from doing Blood Warriors, uh, Brody Lee, Sushi Kanda, Shima, Ricochet. Naoki Tanazaki, all those guys were in Blood Warriors, and they were feeding with Junction 3, and and it was kind of, Junction 3 was three stables that kind of formed together to defeat Blood Warriors. And okay. they decided to bring Blood Warriors over to uh, Dragon Gate USA, and the first show that they did it was in Massachusetts, and so it's, it's you know, a bunch of Mark fans, you know, and they're, they're facing uh, Ronan. And Taylor and Gargano were you know, initially the heels, but then when Rich Swan at one of the previous shows came out and did the Kentucky gentleman, you know, the Ronin baby, they <laughs> they started getting turned face. So the thought was, okay, we need we need some antagonists for him. Let's bring over Blood Warriors. So Shima decides to do the Blood Warriors, the heel group against Ronin to keep elevating Ronin as the baby faces. Ah. Well the crowd is popping so hard for Shima and Brody and Ricochet. And Shima, in very broken English, is cutting a promo, trying to, like, downplay how we're, you know, we're better and, you know, you should be booing, you know, and trying to get the heat. And it would have worked anywhere else for him, but the crowd really didn't, like, oh, yeah, it's Shima, whatever you say, man. And, you know, Ricochet's not a good promo, so he didn't do much work. And, and this is now Brody Lee's first time back there. Since turning, and everyone kind of knows him as just this wrecking ball, and he grabs the mic, just rips it out of Shima's hand. And this is this is one of the first times that uh, you really got to see that Brody Lee was more than just a, a a great wrestler. Like this was his first like real eye opening. Like holy shit, this guy gets it. And this is what this is why I think when the Luke Harper thing happened, I popped so hard because I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be able to see him every week now. Yeah. Is, 
he snatches the mic from Shima and everyone's confused. And he's like, all of you people need to shut the hell up. Shima is the king. You need to get on your knees and bow down and kiss his feet. He is the king. You people are nothing but trash compared to And they started booing him. <laughs> and, and that's when you're like, oh my God. He, he knew the situation wasn't working. He knew the, the gimmick wouldn't get booed because they love Shima. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to take over. And that, that was the first like, all right, this dude, this dude's got it. Like this dude gets it, man. Hey, first then, rule: boo the gaijin. So yeah, yeah. you're right. He totally got it. <laughs> well, but, but that's the thing is, they're in Massachusetts, so the crowds just oh like, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. You know, then he goes on as a great run in Chikara, and you know, I mean, I wonder if I can find the exact first date for him in uh, let's see, NXT. I'm trying to go back here. I've forgotten that, uh, well, you looked that up. I've forgotten that Chicago Street Fight match I saw at the Congress that night. Uh, not only did we see Moxley, but he uh, fought the guy or wrestled the guy who uh, pretty much called out uh, Daredevil Derek Fury while we're sitting in the tent <laughs> the day after all in, in Chicago. Eight years later, uh, around the, the same area, but uh, Jimmy Jacobs, of course. Being that guy. So November on the Cult 11, podcast. God, that was so funny. It's like it's like when people are sitting on their phone when you're trying to talk to them, and everyone looks at Demetrius. Oh, oh. I'm like, God damn it, we're sitting next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish Caban would have been like, "Hey, I wrestled you, jerk." <laughs> um, yeah, that so was that nice. was November 11th. That um, the the promo night, and he. Okay. Six months later, almost on the day, is in FCW. Hmm. So, like, that tells me that somebody saw that and went, "Okay, well, this big guy can talk. Now, it also it also helps, too. Was it Cena Senior, do you think, since you said it was in Massachusetts? I mean, maybe. I mean, that's not a bad take. You know, and that makes sense, too. So, he won the uh, – Brody won um, – God, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, I think it was – I think it's John – um, I wonder if I click on this, it'll tell me the name. I feel like an asshole because I don't remember the guy's name. Squared Circle Wrestling. Josh. I was close. Uh, Josh, not John. But uh, Brody won it for the second time and then lost it the, uh, and then vacated it because he obviously was on his way to uh, yep. to up pastures. Um, but so, so his debut, it's Adam Mercer and CJ Parker versus or defeated Benicio Salazar and Luke Harper. The second night there, Dean Ambrose defeats Luke Harper. I wouldn't be surprised if Ambrose wow. got him over there. And and that was like the ticket as they showed him that they showed him that tape. They're like, you gotta see the tape of this guy. And they're like, holy shit. <laughs> and then he just this dude only had five matches in FCW and then he was already up in uh an NXT, NXT where he did two house shows on NXT and then he was already on NXT TV, like live TV. So he, I remember reading about the Wyatt family on the dirts for, it seemed like for like at least a year, never saw any footage, maybe a still photo. Cause it was like, Oh, this Florida cult leader. And like, I never saw any of the footage or, or anything. Of course I realized Luke Harper with the beard and whatnot, that that was the guy we saw at Dragon Gate USA. But did you see any of that footage early on with the Wyatt family? I did not, no. Because it wasn't that mainstream yet. It was just as it was garnering steam, correct, during the Wyatt Mm -hmm. and the Shield during that time? 
Dude, this is crazy. Like, like looking at this. So he debuts on TV and beats Jason Jordan in two and a half minutes. Wow. And then he and then he beats Hot Briley Pierce, uh, aka uh, the other Nemeth, the other Ziggler. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they debut Rowan and Harper uh, debut and defeat Percy Watson and Yoshi Tatsu. <laughs> Well, I mean that—that's an obvious, right uh, there. Yoshi Tatsu. How does that Luke guy have Harper? more merch than us? <laughs> Luke Harper defeats uh, um, Mike Dalton, aka oh. Tyler Breeze. Yeah, this is just this is like one of his good. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Like the look at you know that the path you know eight years ago, seven years ago now. Um, well. 2021 so maybe even nine years ago you know kind of just all of that where so much prevalent talent during that stream just coming up together even though they were already coming up together you know years before that you know just various on the road and how they all kind of came up on the quote-unquote you know big leagues there with the nxt and to wwe it's just it's wild it's wild mm-hmm. yeah it's I mean, it, it, it's interesting, man. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, we don't really need to talk about his WWE career because they they, they showed flashes of doing something obviously correct with him, and then they'd all, they'd always end up screwing it up somehow. So that <laughs> do you remember who beat the Wyatt family in the tournament TV or the tag tournament finals? Who did they? Well, no, no idea. The the British ambition. Who's the British ambition? It's not Adrian Regal. Neville and Oliver Gray. Who's Oliver Gray? Uh, Joel Redmond. Is that Sammy Callahan? Joel Redmond. Really? Yeah. From uh, our Champion Carnival days. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> you were British. <laughs> Looking at this wormhole, like, man, they, they had Pac and, jo- uh, and Joel Redmond tagging. Well, what's great, yeah, that's that's actually Can't not a bad, over. that's a good, big, little team. Honestly, if you think about yeah. it, I mean, Pac's not little sculpt-wise, but if you put him next to Joel Redman, that that, that, that would have been a fun tag team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting stuff. But, I mean, we could go to all this wormhole. Uh, I mean, one of the biggest crazy. things, too, from, you know, uh, his time in the E, uh, one of the best matches that, I think I ever saw the last decade, uh, especially for my company, was the big Wyatt Shield showdown, which happened to take place at Target Center in Minneapolis. And just a wild, wild atmosphere, a pretty wild and quick build. I mean, it, it was kind of stewing, but it really, the build seemed like it was only about three weeks. And it was like, by the way, they're going to clash. And which should have been the main event. But I mean, again, they, they were just doing everything, and, and the crowd was just in the palm of each of uh, each of the guys' hands, whether who you were cheering or booing at night. But uh, you know, of course, the you know the the WrestleMania match, you know, the ladder match where, where he, he won the Intercontinental Championship, correct? Yep. Another huge moment. Yeah, it is, it's it's interesting, man. Just the way that the. The way the landscape went, every time you'd think he was going to get pushed in that company, he didn't. Um, no. You know, he... And it made a thing. Thankfully, 
I, I don't I don't like to say the word thankfully because it's somebody losing their job, but you know, he ended up in AEW and well I know it was a very short run. It was it was so damn memorable. And he was so great on being the elite too, which made it even better. Um like I that was my favorite thing to watch on being the elite was the was the stuff. Like I I mean we got to Oh, WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan won the ladder match that he was in. Ah. won. I thought it was the other way. I was on your side. Then I was scrolling through to see other random I thought he won at a big event like that. That's what I thought, too. He's in a bunch of matches with Bad News Barrett. Oh. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, he was one we always wanted to see have a um, have that big sales run just mm-hmm. due to the fact that, uh, oh, he beat so he beat Ziggler after interference from Rollins, essentially. Because he well, team sense. authority. When was that? That was probably after Survivor Series when Sting came. Remember when Ziggler defeated three guys by himself and then they just didn't do anything with it? It was before like, Survivor Series, yeah. Where they always, like, changed the title. Yeah, like, hey, look, Ziggler just somehow managed to defeat the authority. But then we don't push him. Oh, okay. Idiot. He should have just went down to by uh by Kane in, in uh jogger pants or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or in dress pants. Slack man. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, th- the positive is he ended up getting his yeah. his awesome dog collar match with Cody that we'll mm-hmm. always be able to say that we met I was like, Well at least we got that, which is great. Um the yeah, match man, at Double or not. Nothing with Moxley for the championship. Yeah, Again, yeah. he was already headlining a pay-per-view outside of that WWE uh, window there, and it, it, it delivered. It was a, a damn good, brutal match that ended in a, you know, a ref's decision. So, you know, I remember early on, I would say, why you're going to have this new character who's just coming out, who's dominating, lose to your champion? Well, they found a way out of that. You know, kind of like, you know, with Kingston there, you know, as well, where, you know, they, they figured a way out. Yes, it was, well, I'm not going to say WCW, but, you know, it was, you know, that way where it left you intrigued, you know, to, to tune in into, you know, the following Dynamite there. So he definitely left an imprint. What made me appreciate him, like you said, were those being elites, because just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Silver, um, you know, Return like, where have you been, you know, in this personality? We knew about Brody Lee's personality, but to see it more on uncensored level was mm-hmm. awesome to see. And you knew that he was having a lot of fun. They all were having a lot of fun. It opened up. He opened up a lot of doors for everyone within that group, from your Jays, you know, to, to your Silvers. And... Oh! The worst possible time Alex gets booted. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I thought it was great, too, because, you know, a lot of people knew, the, like, Beaver Boys and and the Smash Brothers were going to have jobs and Brandon Cutler because they were all, you know, boys with the Young Bucks for so long that they were going to get taken care of. That's just, you know, you take care of your friends. Um, but then being able to get put in the light that they were in when they went from this this stable that everyone was like, this is just horrific, that – yeah, we don't care about this. Then it gets turned into this fantastic thing where it's like, you know, I, I'm, it makes me happy for the Beaver Boys and the Smash Brothers that 
you know, it's not just they're not there because their their boys are run the company, so they got jobs via being friends. You know, they were part of some of the best stuff on that that show. Yeah, did you say that he helped them? You know, uh, uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds have, have both stated that you know he would always you know help them, give them notes. You know, John Silver, you know, mentioned that he gave them you know the jacket that he's been wearing lately. You know, came from from Brody there. So I mean, he had a lot of uh, input, not only into steering the group into a different direction than, like you were saying, you know, it was just, you know, a laughable thing where, like, okay, we we're not going to take them seriously. He's commanded to be taken seriously, even though we're laughing at all the silly shit that we see on BTE. <laughs> but, you know, it worked. He cared. He cared to make, you know, that, that this faction, this group would be something of an interest for your casual wrestling fans. So I, I heard of the Super Smash Brothers, but, you know, you guys would always talk about PWG and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they came about, I'm like, who are they? You know, I was like, I did the presentation, and everyone was like, the presentation's stupid. I'm like, okay, we'll give it time. When they're in ring work, I'm like, okay, you're, you know, standard tag team wrestling. But they just seemed lost in the shuffle with everything else that was going on, especially with an tag division at that time. It wasn't, again, until Brody Lee, you know, comes out, you know, at, at that MTR the show uh, for AEW, um, which again, he was supposed to come out to, you know, a sold out rest in New York hometown, you know, type of love there, but, but of course COVID had to happen, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, just something that, you know, he just, just made better. It seemed like he made everyone around himself better, just put a smile uh, and, and laughter. And, and that's one of the things, of course, you know, above and beyond though, you know, being a a loving husband and father, a family man, but also, you know, having, you know, that, that big group, not even a close group, a big group of friends that, you know, he made sure that they knew he, he admired and loved them. And, and they did the same as well as the outpour of, of love and messages and stories over the last 10 days. I mean, I'm sure unless, you know, I'm sure you did as well, but I, I couldn't go without tearing up after every third tweet just seemed like oh, but yeah. it was great to oh, God, smile watching the show <laughs> like yeah i every every time another match or segment happened i'd have to go all right here we go let's gear up for this one <laughs> yeah like callie would look at me like what's wrong i'm like i'm just reading about this beautiful life this beautiful man you know this, this showcasing positivity and that's the thing you know it's so much you know anger and divisiveness that you know we experience as a world within 2020 as well as countless other things you know it just seemed like this beacon of hope you know even while he was in a purgatory and and the hell uh at in at some times you know while he was employed under the, uh, the wwe umbrella there it, it seemed like he finally found his way AEW and you know had some fun and and was brought in you know to that family landscape that he you know blossomed even more and you know now his family is always going to part of that and it's you know just still reading stories you know and, and the people he touched and the different companies you know of course show showcase their their tributes i know the e got a lot of back when they didn't do a 10 bill salute on on monday's run there but you know i heard uh they've made another uh video of interviews and everything but you know i, I count that to shock you know just a day after you know and i'm sure they had their little you know you know, the maybe or maybe not anything, but 
you know, I think they finally did make the right call. And, uh, you know, everyone's showing their support for the uh, Brody Lee Tribute Show this Wednesday from all walks of life from every company was, again, just a lovely, lovely thing to see in the wrestling landscape with all the, the craziness, uh, the experience in it in 2020. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't understand how the WWE never can do anything right. And that kind of tie, like, I'm glad you led it that way because this, this was what I was going to say to you on, on my stream on Friday was I, I'm willing to bet the farm that there's going to be people this year whose contracts come up and they are going to jump ship. Because oh, yeah. in, if I'm, if I'm in the WWE right now and I'm, you know, somebody like that, who's got friends all over and, you know, and the way my family, like the way they, his family is taken care of for the rest of their lives now because of this, of, of how great of a, like I have so much respect for AEW more than I ever did oh, yeah. because they're, they're going to like, they, they will always be family. Like they will always be part of that group. Like well, let alone don't also don't forget pro wrestling tees, uh, all the, uh, proceeds from every Brody Lee inspired shirt was directly to the Huber family, which is amazing, mm-hmm. which is about what, seven to 10 different designs, 25 bucks a pop. Well, you also had the, uh, the tribute shirt, uh, for Brody Lee, John Huber's life that become the, became the quickest, the biggest selling t-shirt of the year, possibly in the history. Uh, but, but I don't definitely of 2020, the highest selling, just imagine, Ryan, $25 easily, maybe what, 20,000 shirts, which let's be real. It's probably a lot more than that. That's a a big chunk of change there. Let's not be mm-hmm. real. And then, oh, yeah, CM Punk, Mick Foley, I think a few others, they all said for the next month, all sales uh, of their merchandise will go to the Huber family as well. Not alone, you know, let alone. What, what Tony Khan and like you said AEW will be doing for the family heck negative one you know, Brody Lee <laughs> Jr. already signed to a contract when he's ready to yeah. go I love how Matt Hardy's like remember this tweet Maxwell and, and Brody Lee Jr. negative one will start you know, feuding and will be wrestling just remember <laughs> this and I'm like yeah I cried at that tweet I said yeah I want to see that I can't wait and, and WWE puts up a graphic for eight seconds yeah, like if I'm in WWE right now, I I, I got to be thinking to myself, if if something unfortunate happens to me, is is this company going to take care of my family? No, they're not. No, they're not. I don't want to be here. Every other corporate America. No, I don't want to be here. If I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody in the E right now that would make so much sense to go to uh, AEW, but I just can't think of like. Well, the big thing that I think come 2022. 2023, uh, when I heard uh, one gentleman's contract might be up, you do another gimmick invasion. I, I mean, you, I don't know if it's an Indian invasion or what, but you say, hey, elite, you remember when we were a part of that Mount Rushmore bucks, and then you get Steen, and then you get Generico, Dane, whatever you, the hell you want to call him, and you get Adam Cole come out, coming out. Yeah. How crazy would that be? Because oh, Cole's going to go. Oh yeah, I mean, it, uh, why not? He's not at NXT New Year's Eve parties. Britt Baker's not going to that ish, especially after they scrubbed her from reaction shots at uh, what NXT New York. Well, um, 
Adam Cole was hanging out with uh, Brody Lee's family on New Year's, if I remember reading right. Yeah, they they had the AEW uh, New Year's party there. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, that's all that right. he's not hanging yeah, with right. his okay. company. Screw that. Like, I'm out of there, too. It could be and, a, oh, my God, bring over Fish and O'Reilly. Let them work yeah, up mean, But Steen and Zane, you know how, I mean, uh, again, the checks have got to be, you know, great, I'm sure. But again, creative, creatively, you could see that they're just so worn out because everything they try to do to enhance the product, to make their stories better, they just get bogged down or thrown away. And it just, it, those two and or three, obviously Cole's a lot, but those two alone with the history that they have there and the refreshness that they can do, my God, the sky's the limit for a third chapter into those, you know, two guys' career. Oh, man. Give, give me another Steen Generico versus Young Bucks match. Please. Give me Steen Generico versus the Luchas. Lucha Bros. Oh, oh my God. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I think at some point, this, like, WWE's got to realize this. Like, these, like, we, we're dropping the ball here. Like, they don't good. care. They got the they got they got the TV money. B billions. They you don't know, care. I I think for the first time ever, USA is starting to get a little irritated. I really yeah. Do. Fox is out outperforming. I mean, granted a big drop uh, this past Friday, but ah, oh, damn. You Sydney, you jinx the Bears. <laughs> well, yeah, but did the Cardinals lose? That's what I'm just going back to now. Nope, they came back and won. Are you serious? No, I'm not. But Tennessee is losing by four. You dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, Green Bay is beating the crap out of them. No, no, they did. Pass, it's over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Cardinals didn't come back. Man, you got me all excited. I was like, I'm going to have a reason to watch the playoffs this year. So, so do you fire all the Viking coaches? Oh, yeah, the the Rams won. 18-7. Oh, they're the stupid Vikings going, win. why didn't you lose? <laughs> oh, they ended up winning that game? They were losing yeah. to Detroit for, like, majority of the game. No, they came back and won, so now they get a better dra- or get a worse draft pick. Jesus. Quarterback? You get a quarterback? Uh, no, it's not going to matter. I don't think it's, it's not Cousins' fault. Cousins is like in the top ten for like every passing stat. The, the problem is, I I I I looked at. Uh, I, I'm sitting there looking at his his draw time. There was about seven or eight straight plays where he had under two seconds to throw the ball. Jeez. How do you? No quarterback unless you, unless you're Mike Vick. <laughs> You know, like, or, yeah. you know, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not going to be able to escape. He's not Lamar Jackson. So why don't you throw money at a solid tackle to a Because they don't have center? any money. How do they you not have money? Is... What did the Wilfs lose their money on? Because there's a salary cap. Jesus. Because of Kirk Cousins signing him to that extension. That's part of it, yeah. And all the good tackles don't leave. And they've drafted tackles, and they all suck. Because <laughs> you can't just right... keep drafting linemen because you're just starting all over again. Whoa, Tannehill! The the uh, the left ta- or the right tackle today had had a, a linebacker come around his right side and he just turned with him but didn't put his hands on him. 
No, and she then cousins, good. you could see cousins like mouth like some vulgarity as he knew he was about to get smoked. Like you can't, you can't blame him when he has no opportunity to even try. He likes to try throwing interceptions. That's oh, what he yeah, does. That's fine. Don't, you, you're the last <laughs> team that can talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> hey, we're in the playoffs, yo. That's all I got to say. Due to Mitch Trubisky's wonderful play in the last four games. <laughs> so eat that. What? Well, it helped that you guys went six and one, too, and then finished eight and seven on a, <laughs> on a two and six line. And fall in because Kyler Murray gets hurt, almost comes back and leads them. To win, so you guys missed, the Bears missed them magoon their asses into the playoffs. <laughs> That's our mo, man. As a city, if it wasn't for the Bulls of the '90s, that and yeah, that that's pretty much our mo. <laughs> hey, Blackhawks, baby. Oh yeah, two two of those we we dominated. One of them was was luck. But um, I will say <laughs> this: if you're Minnesota or New York. Which state wants to give up all of their sports teams first? That, you know, isn't the – besides baseball. Besides baseball. Because, you know, obviously, those institutions at least have a bit of a winning. But for your hockey, for your basketball, uh, and football team, which state will give up all the rights first, do you think? Oh, I think New York fans are more bitter than Minnesota fans. <laughs> uh, I can't uh, wait to the gay fan. Although the Rangers are going to be – the Rangers might surprise people this year, and it sucks because I don't like the Rangers. But <laughs> I think Alexi Lafreniere, who they took number one overall, is going to be like an instant. Like I think oh, he started man. line one, and then they have uh, Artemi Panarin, who used to play for Chicago, who yep. was a runner-up for the MVP last year. Did you get your so mom they, a Mark Messier Rangers jersey for Christmas? I think I did a few years, like like ten years ago. I actually did. Did you? Yeah. Did she ever get you a Liger mask for your, no. for your Christmas? She also didn't take me to see him when he was at Mall of America September. Damn, one year ago. <laughs> second to the last night before his retirement. How about that? That's crazy. Man, that is crazy. We're it's it's reliving one of the one of the the wildest months of of uh, like th- my twenty twenty started going to hell on January fifth. <laughs> what? <laughs> January fifth, Liger retires, or January sixth, yeah. Liger retires. Twenty days later, Kobe dies. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Ah. People, we haven't even had the thing infect the world yet. That was all like, fuck this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was just that parasite one best picture. <laughs> they do something. No like, else yeah. It's like go um, walk. But I mean, back back to of course to to Brody Lee. I mean, just you know, uh, I believe Eddie Kingston said you know to to when he was talking in that beautiful uh, you know kind of video package there to to talk about the life of Brody Lee. You know, he said as long as you don't forget his teachings, he's never gone. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's right. You know, as long as we re- and we will. I mean, the Wyatt family is you know for, of the twenty. 20- is one of the most not divisive because you know people hated the way they were booked as as a core their talent was uh, you know there was nothing against their talent it was just how what creative had for them it was always like here's the fall here's the Wyatt push you know they're going to be dominant until mania season and then you know they're in a third tier match um 
where it's they're they're going to be remembered. He's going to be remembered. Uh, and again, I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of wonderful things and and you know memorials, uh, matches or weekends, you know, for for Brody Lee, you know, for for the time to come. So he's definitely not going to be forgotten. Uh, you know, not only from his his run in AEW, his run on the Indies, but you know, you can't deny the Luke Harper and and the Wyatt family and what they you know brought. WWE, you know, from, from 2013, 2014 on there. So uh, another heartbreaking moment, uh, speaking of the Wyatt family, uh, Eric Rowan, a.k.a. Eric Redbeard, but uh, it was awesome that Jericho kept yelling, Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan's here. That was just an amazing spot to help out the Dark Order there. And, you know, that sign, you know, uh, it's just wonderful. It was like, goodbye now, brother, but we'll see you down the road. Uh, just wonderful. Just Beautiful, uh, great, great tribute. You know the the Huber family. I'm sure to be around uh, the the professional wrestling world in all facets. You know from from here on out. So uh, definitely that legacy will will be kept down. That'll be good. It'll be good. Um, let's let's switch to the to the bread and butter. What we got to get into here before we wrap. I was about up to say, are we here. even going to get to the final? Game? <laughs> yeah, we got to get to like it. a running joke. We're not, not going to have time if we don't um, later. And my, I hear my kid terrorizing the upstairs. So. <laughs> um Final gate, December 20th, 2020. Just, I mean, top to bottom, fantastic show here. If you look at one, two, three, four, about the first four matches, I thought they were very good, but I don't think there was a lot to dissect. Does that make sense? What? Cyber Kong for life, homie. <laughs> that was a fun-ass match. I'm sorry. I was reading a lot of previews on different sites, and I was like, oh, this match is just thrown in. Yeah, Cyber Kong, and his, you know, he's having some issues with R.E.D. I was like, that's why you had the match, to prove that you know the, the old Haas needs to be in this cool young ass group with real extreme diffusion he needs to show his damn worth and oh yeah jason lee masquerading yeah. around with a new <laughs> unit he's got to show his worth in my opinion i thought this match had a lot to it and i thought it was great uh like, three, three and a half three and a half damn you I'll take uh, it, it yeah. showed the strength he was tossing lee around as he should have this was your classic 90s WWF type match, uh, you know, where, of course, you know, Lee counters another lariat coming from Yoshida there, spins around, rolls him up for the non-surprise win, of course. Uh, but again, I thought this was great. Showcase the positives for both throughout, uh, you know, Jason Lee picking up that win to showcase that faction there. But again, it goes along with the possible falling out uh, with the RED for Cyber Kong there. But I thought both men performed wonderfully to continue their own separate storyline there. So I liked how it was a match, but there was two different you know, stories going along with it. And they weren't, you know, directly connected. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's a good take too, because it was a nice win for Jason Lee too, to keep the momentum going. Cause masquerade is such a good stable setup where you have your clear number one, but you don't have that number two that kind of overshadows them at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, like, thought- you look at RED where it's like, Eight is the leader, but in my mind, I'm like, why, why, why can't Kaito Ashida be running this show? Or you know, because like Watanabe is. <laughs> I'm the scenes, yeah. man. I'm telling you, it's all Io. 
God, he's so tight. Hey, he's the one who picked the match that that was. Oh God, we'll get to that. And and it's fair to say this too. Two and three quarters from the opener. Uh, Yosuke Santa Maria, Monday Ryu, and Takedo Kamei defeated um, Gamma, Hoho Loon, and Super Shisa. Uh, Kamei with the jackknife pin cover on Gamma. So they're still giving Kamei, uh, Takedo Kamei wins, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. So definitely worth bringing up about that. Um, I mean, look, Bokudomo Dragon punched Tobinaga, Ryo Saito. Uh, defeated Kaneth, Konomama Ichikawa, and Sachioko Boy. One of the best parts of this show, it, Konomama Ichikawa comes out doing his devil poke, and Sachioko Boy is doing air guitar, and Kaneth is giving that, this is really what I'm reduced to type look. <laughs> 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 He's just kind of like, ah. Uh. And then Bokudomo Dragon, I mean, he, big R. I love him. Is, is Shibuzu has is, is got this to like a Tina with the way he gets in the ring with the knee first and he unhooks the cape and he, he raises his arms and then end of the match sets up Shachioko boy for the Lamaha straw and just mm-hmm. draws it out <laughs> and draws it out and then he rolls through and pins him in the wind <laughs> and then he's just like thank you thank you <laughs> Great. What's what's awesome about Big R is maybe this was a great thing that he got kicked out of R.E.D. Uh, just so he could showcase the many layers that he can oh. that he can have, and this you know Boku you know persona that he's had. I mean Boku Tumo Dragon, like you said, amazing. The the other things that he was doing, you know, just stripping down his character, literally starting from scratch to you know portray. An icon is just great. And also, Ryan, I don't know if you noticed this, but was this match, because during this time, during this event, uh, Jim Ross came out with those comments about, you know, kind of, uh, you know, diving and, and whatnot and how it doesn't, you know, evolve, you know, the, the business there. And, you know, essentially, Bokatima Dragon swerving the audience by faking the dive. Uh, Ichikawa does dive out to the bunch of, you know, gaggling idiots, you know, waiting, you know, and then they all move. So it was just like a lot of it I thought was in reference to what Jim Ron was uh, talking about uh, the AEW locker room. What do you, what do you think there? I, I, I think some of it maybe could be a shot. Um, Kon- uh, Konobaba Ichikawa never hits his dives. Like, you remember the Battle Royal uh, a couple of weeks before oh, that? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's sitting up and he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And everyone's just looking at him like, what do you want us to do? And then they, they kind of walk over and then he jumps. They will just walk away. <laughs> and he says, ah, <laughs> they pin him. You know, it's it's just like, uh, you know, he, he goes up behind uh, Bokudamo and goes for the Dragon Suplex. And he does the Dragon Suplex, but he doesn't go with him. Yeah. And he but- drives his own head to the ground. I mean, they were clustering up, so they didn't want to cluster anymore there. But, yeah, no, I just <laughs> like, I just – in my notes, it's just all about a conspiracy theory about – it was a response to, to Jim Ross's comments a few days prior. The um, th- That's what, like, the uh, Ichikawa going for the, the dragon – or the German suplex, and he always ends up just driving his he- own head to the ground because they never come with. Is You know, <laughs> he, this has happened to this poor man for years. And the payoff later that we'll get to – I I almost flipped my goddamn desk over. <laughs> That's just this callback that happens uh, when we get to that later on. 
Then we had Kota Minora, Dragon Dia, La Shea, defeated the team of Diamante, Kazuma Sakamoto, and Dia Inferno, Ultimo Dragon, Yasushi Kanda, and Yasushi Kanda and Shuji Kondo, and then Yamato Keizi and UT Giants tag team cluster bleep, if you will. I obviously was thoroughly excited the minute that uh, we got to have Daya Inferno in the ring with Dragon Daya! And there we go. <laughs> let's, I forgot as I was trying to spot all these names off. I was like, oh shit, I need to do it. You know, but they didn't see what at it. I, I just, the more and more I watch this masquerade continues to look like a main event faction. You know, diet came Mike, out. They look like chess pieces. Oh, they look fantastic! I, I think they look fantastic, man. Uh, <laughs> in, in, like doing some digging and looking into oh, this. They didn't do that elaborate entrance with all their matches of their participants. It was only the main, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just for Shun Skywalker. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what I had told you like a month ago that apparently. They still have like three or four other kids in the dojo who haven't even debuted yet. Yeah. Um, and there was one that apparently was like knocking a lot of people's socks off that was there. Apparently, that's who La Estea is. Really? He, he's another one of those juniors that's there. Or another one of those oh dojo kids that came down. So um, that's why the mask, right? Yep. And I, I apparently. Um, can you hear that sound? Which one? Sydney, bring that over to me, bud. Hold on. Bring that, Sydney, bring that over here. I got to turn the sound off to this kid's uh, Animal Crossing. I got to turn the sound down, bud, okay? Uh, you say hi? Kid tablet. Hi. Say hello. Hi. Hi. Who's the kid best tablet in the world? Kento. Yeah. You hear that, Alex? Oh, yeah. Kento. Sydney, who's right. the best wrestler in the world? Thank you. Thank you, Sydney. All right, go play Animal Crossing. Have fun. Um, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, uh, looking at it, aside from that, the, the Corican, this was La Estea's second televised match ever. What was the first? I was back at that Corican, like a week or two before it. So, where did, where was the excursion? Oh, no, he didn't did, excursion. No, didn't even go on, just like the rest oh. of the people. They're just like, we're going to do it all in-house. And now La Estea is coming in doing the shoogie spot where, where he's running across the top rope, diving across the ring with drop kicks. <laughs> and, like, I don't think uh, Shuji Kondo and Kazuma Sakamoto realized how light he was. <laughs> when they did that double counter, they almost flipped him twice in the air. Now, thankfully, mm-hmm. Estea landed to a point where he was able to recover and roll to his feet. But I was like, oh, my God, this is going to turn into one of those memes where, like, he's flying through the air and they start playing that song where it's like, and it's just him flipping through the air, like, and there's, like, animals running by him and stuff. He's just calling me. But, you know, Kota Minora gets the package, Tiger Driver on KZ. KZ taking a fall, which which plays a lot into the following show, but... I went three and three quarters on this, man. I almost, I mean, it's almost a notebook for me. Oh, okay, okay. I I dug it. I mean, it, not gonna lie, it was a 
a match that I, I would, wouldn't revisit. I did like the presentation, like you were saying, of um, of Masquerade there. But, uh, no, I, I'm intrigued on, on why KZ is taking the L's. But but I chop mm-hmm. it up to another year for KZ where he gets that, you know, the Bray Wyatt, you know, syndrome, if you will. Gets that hot streak, gets that title match. You have all high hopes. And then he's, you know, a six-man, four-way tag team match. Taking L. Yep. And, you know, we'll see how it ties into this whole natural vibes things, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, and, you know, hey, once again, Kota Minora, another one of the, yeah. obviously, yeah. I mean, it's different because Masquerade is all the young guys, but a dominant victory over a stalwart of this, this company. So, you know, kudos. Like, once again, this company is put, they, they push the young kids where, Nobody else does. The only thing that, that with, you know, with, you look at the last couple of young boys with um, with New Japan, like Master Wato has failed, as we talked about earlier, as opposed <laughs> to Great Okan not failing because Okan did it with Lord Gideon Gray and, and Rampage Brown in, in Rev Pro, like you mentioned to me, where he was undefeated. And then they yeah. just let him do the same thing. They didn't change him around. And and these guys are, are being developed with the same gimmicks from their, from the same school, but they're just put out in front of everyone early, but they're not having a change. Oh, yeah. And that's why it works so well, I think. And I don't know the, the way that it's got, you know, Dory and Yoshino and Genki and those guys train is just, there, there's something that they're doing that nobody else has figured out. <laughs> Cause it's, I mean, no, it's working. Out, yeah. But I think it's trial by fire too. I mean, I, I think it's not like, hey, we're going to let you only do five moves. We'll yep, let you do seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like they, they don't hold their hands. They don't, you know, have them do, you know, 20,000, you know, wall squats or, or what what have you. They yeah, probably show you school. the – what's that? They're not going to hip top school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> I think and, – and the more I'm looking at this masquerade unit – the more I am liking it due to the fact that they didn't split up uh, uh, Jason Lee and, and Kota Minora. I think yeah. them still having them, but not technically teaming, going for those tag team championships again or yet. I think down the line, it's something that could be proven great. Uh, you know, say, hey, we want our championships back. That was then. This is now. We are the masquerade. You know, something along those lines mm-hmm. where you know, they can be a little bit more of a, a dominant force. But no, they were dominant in 2020, you know, opened uh, such and such gate double tag champs or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, they were open twin gate champs for a while. Was, and then the only reason then they lost them when what, they four they out that show. Yeah. Lee, yeah uh, Yamato took over and then they lost the titles. But it, it all made Yamato. sense with the way that they kind of finished the year out. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just. You know, when I've seen this guy in his second match running across the top rope, drop kicking people in the corner, like, <laughs> like man, this is not like the others. <laughs> oh man! It, it, look, look at your look at. I mean, when we get to the seventh match, the whole all the falls. Yeah. You know, boom, from boom, a nineteen boom. and twenty year old. Your yeah. your your main event is guys who are four year pros. Um, it, Jeez, it just, that's it. Yeah, yeah you're right. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah now, Fuka Nakamura, Ben K coming in as. Uh, it just you know, uh, it, 
This is why I can't stop clamoring over Dragon Gate, man. It's just they get it and everything. They don't do it. They don't do anything wrong. And if they do anything remotely that doesn't work, they they're not afraid to fix it. Oh, let's just let it run its course. Like they're they adapt to everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Big match Kagatora, as per normal, showing up here. Kaiseo Kuna defeats Kagatora with a choke after taking out of a disgusting Guru Magakari. Oh. Which was uh my twenty sixteen wrestling move of the year. But I call it I would call it I just call it the sleeper death hold. <laughs> yeah. So the and the, the Guru Magakari, the one I was talking about, the one where Kagatora Puts you in like an arm bar, spins out, puts your arm behind his back, grabs it with his other arm. Oh, and then he puts, yeah. puts oh, it yeah. like an abdominal stretch. And then he jumps onto his side while flipping you onto your head. It's so gross, man. I, I, Alex, <laughs> I went four and a half on this. Yeah, I mean, this this just keeps showing that Kaiya Kuda is low-key having a pretty damn great year. Ooh, ooh, uh, so not only having uh, the wonderful feud with Kickboy, uh, there, uh, and no, I'm not talking about Sid, but maybe, you know, give or take 18 years. But, um, I mean, just having a damn good match with Kajitora here. Um, when Kajitora, yeah, like you said, spun that ankle of Akuda, but then he oh, gets God. up and then hits that go to sleep, and then that huge running knee. I was like, okay, now the match has begun <laughs> because then it was just all out, like, I'm going to try to you go to sleep like with sleep with that old <laughs> as Okuda was trying to apply there but no this was a what you would expect a hard hitting match with these two vets here and, and Kaisuke Okuda you know looking relaxed as he has all year but but you know holding that open the Brave Gate championship uh, with pride and uh, let's go to that last ride spot really quick where he countered Okuda uh, while they were fighting on the top rope Kajitora gives him that uh, that last ride and then socks him right in the face into it, sliding European uppercut into that <laughs> side pin. Like you said, big match, Kajitora. Uh, I'd like to see more, but but I, I'm definitely good with his one one or two showcase matches, and, and Okuda was definitely a wonderful opponent uh, for that showcase. It's, yeah, I, I have after four point five. I have in parentheses amazing closing stretch because that closing <laughs> stretch is just like I, I'm just going ah. And I'm watching this like oh, this will never end, and I don't care. Like just look. And Okuda's like, mask, his gas mask that he comes out with with his crew, phenomenal. <laughs> and like you, you look at two, you know, it ties back in the same thing. You know, Kagatora, just like Sumo Yokosuka. When it's all said and done, these are two of like when it when you when you need a match, like it's it's like William Regal. You never would know it, but arguably at any point in his career, this guy's a top ten wrestler alive. You know, Sumo Yokosuka went in and was like, All right, all Japan, you need help. And yep. boom, that those junior matches were flipping incredible. Every one of them he did. And then, well, that, that's the beauty of it. There was no flips. It was, no, it was no like, yeah. we're going to, this is going to, I mean, his match with Akira Francesca, the, the dropping the title to Koji Wamoto, the emotion that he helped give out in the Hikaru Sato match when he lost it in the o- Aoki final. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it just, it's it just, it, it's mind blowing with, with how <laughs> well they, how well it works with, with Susumu. And then you go right back into it. Um, 
and and uh, uh, is the same way. He's like, all right, look, we need to get this guy over. All right, I got you. Okay, well, I just put on one of the top twenty matches of the year just out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, no big deal. Big match. No, it's um, it, it, it's it's hard. I mean, with him, we're, I'm gonna go back to Okuda here really quick. With his stance, is he in your, like you were saying, you know, top 20 matches or what have you, is, is Okuda, could he possibly be in your top 20? I mean, of the year. so by the end, by the end of this show, I started, I started stopping and thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I know I can't feasibly do it, but if it was just about pure wrestling, like if we treated our awards like the, like, um, like the Observer Awards, where you have your your MVP of the year, which is you know matches, drawing power, you know how well his, you know how big his wins were, things like that. And then they also do the Flair Says Award for the best overall professional wrestler, like in ring. You could argue Okuda and Ashita are both in that. Oh, for sure. But like, I can't put. Ashita over Nakajima, as an example, who might be at the bottom of my top 10 because of, you know, he was Wrestle One champion for six months. People seem to forget that Access might still be the tag team of the year with how lackluster this tag yep. year was, that they were still champs for seven months. Um, you know, his run with the, with the GHC North title, or national title, his feud with Shia's, like, so, like, he doesn't have that, that drawing power clout, but if you go bell to bell, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of, like, Kaisuke Okuda, had had a like low key 2018 Tomohiro Ishii type year for me, like where every time he got in the ring, you knew it was good. Like, oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like this is this, this is going to be four stars. Like that's why when when I when I got you on here, I went, dude, October second, it was Okuda and and Kota Umeda against yeah, Kai and Taito Ishida. Like I have to see that. I have to see that. <laughs> like it's, I, I, there's no way it can't be four or higher. No. And, and, God, you know, I love that. I love that comparison of Ishii. I, I think that's yeah, that is like, freaking perfect. Ishii's never gonna like. He's never gonna win like the MVP. He just he doesn't win enough or get enough things. Even though he deserves the hell out of it. Exactly. And that's what, <laughs> that's the one thing by having that Flair says award that I that I was almost like I've been yeah. debating about for a while now. And this year, it was it's, this year was the hardest year to try to make a top ten, and and especially since you know until we actually talk it out, because yeah. you really can't factor business into it because nine months of the year business didn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. you look at you look at Japan, you you're never going to know if Ben K was a failure or not because he didn't have an opportunity to sell a ton of tickets, or um um not Ben K Ata, excuse me, because because he they would just max out because they're going to sell a thousand tickets. They're going to sell it anyway. They're the second biggest promotion in Japan. So you never really get to see the drawing power behind any of these guys in Japan. So it factors a lot of it out. And that's why I'm just like, God, Kaisuke Okuda is such a, but then it's like it ties me back to, so did Kota or Kaito Ishida. Yeah. And then it, man, then but just, he, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, cagematch.net with Kaisuke Okuda. I mean, I knew him, of course, through DDT, you know, because yeah. I always used to As did I. dub him. I was learning wrestling. Oh, that's the Yakuza guy. 
that looks like he's a Yakuza MMA street fighter, bare knuckle brawler. Like, that's a guy I don't want to mess with. That's how I was right on my notes, Yakuza guy, until I realized, okay, Okuda, black guy is going to murder you. Part of Mokuzuki and, and, and whatnot. And then, you know, he jumps to Dragon Gate, it looks like, in May of 2019. So for a good a little over a year and a half, that guy has been not only in tag matches, you know, but also, you know, teaming with, you know, Mokuzuki's and your Shun Skywalkers and, and, and whatnot, where he's just, you know, all over the place in tag matches. And then he's getting singles around the end of 2019, heading into 2020. And then it's just like banger after banger. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy. And by the way, guy looks like he's around Ishii's age. No, he's not even 30 yet. So the sky is the limit for Okuda because I usually thought that like this guy's like thirty six, no, twenty nine years old, insane. Yeah. And that's why like part of me was so happy that Okuda beat uh, Ishida was because now hopefully that means Ishida is going to get a run to the top. Yeah, you know. But, you and, but, but this company, and that's why they're they're so great is they project people into these roles. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, on your on your web browser, type in uh, go to twitter dot com, and then put the slash, and in capital letters put in G A C K T. I remember Gak. <laughs> okay, who's this guy? You see, that dude's got like a million followers almost on his Instagram has one point two million followers. Yeah. Um, would you would you would you call Kaisuke Okuda a yakuza who's like got high ranking and everything? This is the guy apparently that was wearing the gas mask like him. Really? This was this mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. Who's like what some is he, giant a YouTube like, personality? Like giant singer in in Japan. Twentieth anniversary to <laughs> really. When people are like, man, I bet he's some yakuza mobster who knows a lot of people. Well, yeah, apparently he does because this guy was part of his Gracie train. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that's why they say he was wore that mask. Okay, okay. I mean, it just looked tight as hell. Yeah, <laughs> that's I for sure. Like, that's insane. Like, if Dragon Gate like piggybacked off of that, Okuda's probably like, no, he's just coming with me. All right, man, that's cool. <laughs> you you put the mask on him and you do you. Like. But it's just like this guy's just hanging around with Kaisuke Okuda backstage. Like, no big deal. I wonder if the original plan was for Oshida to, to keep the title. And then Okuda just walks in. He does a Lesnar. He's like, no, that, that that doesn't fit with me. I'm taking that. I'm taking that strap. Everybody turns and looks at Kazuma Sakamoto. And Sakamoto's like, that's cool. Well, if he's not going to help us, you go ahead. That's it a- doesn't work for me, brother. If I was ever going to get into a fight, I would go look at Cosmo Sakamoto and be like, hey, can you help me? Because <laughs> that man looks like he, when he wears that mask and that umbrella, I'm like, that dude looks like he would, like, hang somebody from their inside. Like, he's a human being. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I love this match. The Brave Gate has been arguably the best title in wrestling all of year. Ooh. God. This this company and then and then what about the I'm IWGP intercontinental? Oh, oh, uh, that used to be a great championship. <laughs> what happened, bud? 
she took your spot. Well, it's because you're you're in her house. It's not your house. He Who's goes to these houses and then he starts digging house. holes in their yard. Like whoa, Doof, Doof invited Sydney to his his island in Animal Crossing, and mm-hmm. Sydney just goes in this open land area and just starts digging holes everywhere. And I see Doof run up like slot run into the screen trying to cover these holes up. Dang, was he adventurous? Goes, what are you doing? I, I showed him Sydney. He's like, I'm just Sydney staring my island. I was like, yeah, wasn't me, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my island. And Sydney's digging holes and taking animal souls. Remember when you were digging holes in that island? Yeah. <laughs> and what I, I thought we were going to kind of take a little bit of a drop to slow down. Nope, four and a quarter. Nope. I went on the next one, Alex. I, I, wow. I think this is awesome. Don How Fuji fun is I? And B. Losing Hulk, to B.B. Hulk and Kai. I, I knew... I, I, in my, okay, so going into this match, I went, Mochizuki's going to have to carry this whole thing because B.B. Hulk is so hit or miss. And Kai is, Kai is Kai. He's not bad, but Mochizuki is in like another stratosphere. But then Don <laughs> Fuji came in and he goes, don't worry, bro. I got your back. <laughs> and Don Fuji was amazing in this match. Yeah. Everyone, I thought, was oh. phenomenal. Everyone came to play. Because, you know, I'm sure they know. They they hear people, you know, all over the world talk, you know. Hey, you know, it, it, it's not the elevation. You know, they're not elevating the title. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Uh, you know, who are these, you know, Don Fujis and, you know, Mas- Masaki Mokuzukis. Definitely talk about a, a, a murderer inside the ring. He definitely oh, will uh, leave it all in there. And outside of it, but no, uh, all four of these guys. Hey, we we love Don Fuji uh, from from other you know tag matches we've seen throughout the, throughout this year or this past year, I should say. But uh, but no, I I really really liked Mocha Fuji uh, quite a bit there. Oh my God, Mocha! You know, like I I've marked for Mochizuki since M2K back in like 2000 when when he it was him Shima and uh oh. The guy, he uh, went to WCW for a while. Magnum Tokyo. Um, they were like the, the cornerstones of uh, of Toruman. And, and then uh, Susumu Mochizuki also was there, which is now okay. Susumu Yokosa. Yokosuka. Uh, um, since they're like, oh, we probably shouldn't have two Mochizukis at the time. M2K was like the biggest dirtbag stable when I was mm-hmm. like in high school. I'm like, these guys are amazing. How do I get my hands on more of this stuff? <laughs> and then you know, 21 years later, he's 50 years old, and he's still like I, I still to this day, I just want to see him versus Minoru Suzuki. Make it happen. I, I just he's I a just freelancer. Want to oh, I mean, they're both freelancers, aren't they? Yeah, you just I just do it at I the Baba Show. Where you? Oh my God! See, like do it at the Baba Show. That's the most perfect thing. Like you, you 100% said the smartest thing in the world. I mean, I honestly, you showcase the legacy of of, of Pure Rizzo by having these two warriors that have been doing it for damn near 30 years. I mean, that that's your perfect spot. Oh, I, I never even thought of that. I never in a million years even thought about that. Like that's that's the most genius thing I've heard. Because that's where you that's, that's exactly where you can do it. I mean, have they? Faced each other? I don't. I re, I really don't. I really don't think they did. Okay, because so he's mostly only done Dragon Gate. Um, 
he's he's dabbled in like and he he's dabbled in Noah, but I don't think he dabbled in Noah at the time of Suzuki being there. Okay. Um, he 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 was in New Japan, but it was only for like a year, or like a match or something. And Suzuki wasn't there because he only was in the he was in the '95 J Cup, the one that Liger beat Gato. Um, like Jericho was in it. Uh, Ultimo Dragon was in it, and uh, Mochizuki lost to Shinjiro Otani. But I think that's the only time he's ever been in New Japan. I don't think he's ever made another New Japan run. Jesus. Oh, I thought, what was that? Yeah, I, I don't think he's done anything in New Japan other than that, that 95J. The only reason he did the 95J Cup is because War was a part of it. That's why that was, Gato was there oh. and Jericho was there. And he was in War. No, I'm just looking at this. I, I, I thought it, I, I thought I had an answer, but it's just a Minoru Suzuki and uh, Mara Fuji doing an interview, and Suzuki just looked jacked. But it said 2018, <laughs> so I was even more confused. But yeah, it does not look like they have uh, they've touched. I I can't make think it happen. Time they God, make it I happen. Mean, I mean, Okazuki's. I mean, he's going Broadway just this year. I mean, he's you know he, he proves he can still do it in the ring. I mean, I, and obviously. A murder granddad uh, over at New Japan, uh, aka freelancer McGee. Let's make this happen, ladies and germs. Or maybe even at that big show that they've been talking about doing with every company and all under one umbrella uh, for one night. You know, that's that's definitely a dream match. I didn't know I wanted it until right now. So thank you. I wonder if I can search <laughs> this way. I'm trying something on cage match. Okay, so they had an. So the 2012, uh, the February 12, 2012, 40th anniversary tour, there was a Suzuki Goon match. Kengo Mashimo, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi and Taka defeated Bushi, Ryosuke Taguchi, Yuji Nagata, and Masaki Mochizuki. So Mochizuki worked the World Tag League in 2012. Him and Nagata defeated Mashimo and Suzuki. Oh. Then there was partisan forces, uh, Masakatsu Funaki and Minoru Suzuki and Masaki Mochizuki tagged against Akabono, Ryota Hama, and Sumo Fuji. That's crazy. So Masakatsu Funaki, he was the guy who, um, oh shit, who was he with? It was that awesome tag match on the Nakajima Shiyazaki show. It was Sakuraba and Sugera faced. Um, Funa- uh, Masakatsu, oh, Masakatsu Funaki, I think it was, and someone okay. else. He was the guy who was wearing like the all yellow. Oh my gosh, um, that I'm not sure. I'm just I, I saw in Dragon Gate in 2010, Fuji and Mokuzuki uh, took on Suzuki and Stalker Chikawa. Uh, it was uh, so it was Sugara and Sakuraba against Marafuji and Funaki. That's what. So that tall dude with the with the yes. uh, the yellow gear. It was him, Suzuki, and Mochizuki on a team. Hmm. Yep. And then Tenru and Magnum Tokyo defeated Mochizuki and Suzuki. So they've been across the ring from each other in in tag matches, but they've never faced. Yeah, they've never had a one on one. Why well, I like. How- Minoru Suzuki's pro li- listing goes 1988, 89, 
Yeah, because then he went to pen, <laughs> then he put in pancreas. Yeah. But I'm just like, wow. <laughs> oh, like the 30-year thing's a, a crock of shit then, right? <laughs> well, it's kind of like Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock was, no, a, was an indie wrestler before UFC. Really? That I yeah, had he, no he idea. Was, that's why when you watch a lot of the stuff with uh, Ken Shamrock, yeah. like you can, like that's why when he got in there, you could tell he had been trained because he was like, if you watch any of his old stuff, like he was actually bumping, and he mm-hmm. ran the ropes correctly. And he understood how to throw a shoot punch coming from fighting and not killing somebody. <laughs> I just so thought like, that was due to excellent teaching. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if I can find, like, when he got started. Let's see, wow, that's Shannon. wild. Speaking of wild, we're going to flip the final two matches here. Um, let's just say one of them was a total knockout meaning the Open the Dreamgate Championship, Shun Skywalker, <laughs> new champion, having his first defense against his uh, class of 2016 uh, mate, as well as, uh, I mean, they were tagged together, right? They're, they're, there's a history yeah. between Ben K and Shun Skywalker. So, I mean, this is a, a pretty damn prolific matchup. I know we talked right before. Um, on the last episode, episode 175, when we were previewing the show, I was afraid of why they were going to put Ben K into this match. I was like, oh, Ben K is looking good again. You know, you want to give him the title, you know, back and not have him lose, you know, going for it right away. And then I was like, well, you can't have Shun Skywalker lose it right after the first defense, like he's Ata or or Sasha Banks or something. But... Um, <laughs> All in all, I thought this was a, a pretty damn good matchup. Uh, you know, of course, Ben K, let, let's start it off. This guy goes through more transformations than I did in, in high school, it seems like. <laughs> Dying his hair dark again, uh, the match, kind of going back to the old Ben K look there. And and as we, you know, kind of discussed all throughout the show so far, Masquerade coming out uh, in a really, really cool entrance, you know, kind of, you know, I say chess uh, pieces here, but, you know, they come out in, in matching outfits there, showing unity and whatnot. So I do, you know, appreciate that there. Uh, but, you know, really good back and forth within the two. Of course, Ben K trying to showcase that strength, uh, especially going with that jackhammer there. But Shun Skywalker, even though he's put on some muscle, eating that same tainted meat uh, that Canelo Alvarez <laughs> did a couple of years ago down yeah. in Mexico, uh, you know, definitely showing that versatility still offensive set uh, with monkey flips and spinning power bombs and moonsaults and, and what have you here. But of course the big spots uh, coming out and no, I'm not talking about the, uh, the nice snap bridge German for the two, which then was the, the, the death was countered by Shun Skywalker into that wicked power bomb. But of course that uh, I believe, what was it? A lariat that eventually uh, knocked out a Ben K there. It was that standing lariat, kind of that last sequence there. Uh, ben the K, ben of course, spot. the knees up. <laughs> What's that? The Ben K spot. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, K gets the uh, the knees up while Shun was going for the uh, the moonsault there. But then as uh, K's Ben K's bouncing off the rope, Shun Skywalker lands a nasty standing lariat where Ben K just you could tell gets hit by the chin. Whiplash right as he hits the mat there. Then Shun does a, uh, a senton knees into a moonsault where, again, Ben K is clearly out. The ref kind of looks down, 
stops the count, even though Ben K was definitely not kicking out there. Shun goes up yet again, nails another moonsault, which of course hit more of the uh, the middle to lower torso of Ben K, so he would stood away or uh, stayed away from the head area there to pick up that win. A little quicker match, but of course with ending results, where we did find out Ben K did suffer a concussion uh, from that Larry. And, and I'm sure other spots as well, but uh, a pretty good, uh, you know, kind of a friend versus friend, you know, type of matchup. And I, I could see why you would do that, uh, you know, coming off the gate or coming out of the gate, I should say, for, for Shun Skywalker to have that familiarity and put on a good match as the two, these two did. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I went four and a quarter. This was starting to get to the point where it was going to turn into a really good match. I don't know. Like a part of me thinks that after the moonsault, when he didn't kick out, um, he tried to pick him up and go into the the SSW for the finish because I think that I think there's a good chance that they they were at the finish, which okay. helps that they didn't. You know, if it would have happened like ten minutes earlier, this I would have just been like, crap. I don't know how to re-, you know you can't create this. Yeah. Um. But I thought they did enough that it that it was it was it was getting to the point where I was I was ready. I was like, all right, this is going to get the four and a half. Like this is going to be on the same page as Kagatora and Okuda. Like it's getting to that, and then this happened. Um, my big takeaway though that I want to address is like people are shitting on the ref and Skywalker. And really, I think, I think it's unfair. Everyone's like. The ref should have stopped the match, or he shouldn't have been doing moves. That's unsafe. What doesn't he know what he's doing? How does this company not train these guys? To, but like, you look, mean, he literally hits the moonsault to keep kayfabe alive. But again, like I stated, I noticed totally hit that mid to lower section of the body, so his head oh, yeah. would not be he impacted in any way. It was done smartly. And and here's what people I don't think realize is. This is Ben K's first title defense coming back from excursion. He's, he has been wrestling for hardly four years. Yeah. He's never been in a main event like this except for the Ata match. He's never had the pressure on him, and he panicked. He didn't know what to do. He's never seen that before. You can't be mad at a guy for making a judgment call that I think was the right call. If I'm Ben mm. K, I would say, no, don't just fall on top of me and pin me at the final gate at, yeah. at our big show. Just hit me with another moonsault because I know you'll protect me and we'll be done with it. The other thing is people are like, well, he did four moonsaults to him. Okay, let, let's stop. Just just stop and calm down for a second. Uh, attempts. He <laughs> smoked him with the same thing that KZ and Ata and Naruki Doi all do to him. When he goes for a spear, he takes a shot, and then he dead cell bumps it. Okay, so yep. to me, he's dead selling. Now, I'll tell you flat out, until he didn't kick out, I didn't think there was anything wrong until after the third or after the non-kickout. I thought he was just selling because he does it all the time. That's just what he does. Um, you, you talk about disgusting. I, I don't think. Yes, obviously this looks looks worse um, now than it did when it initially happened. I think because people are equating. Well, look, you can tell he's knocked out. Did you watch it live? Were you told, oh, man, this dude gets knocked out. You got to watch it. So you're already going into it knowing that he's going to be knocked out. 
Or did you watch it live or unspoiled and you went, oh, man, they make that look good every time because he does it every big match. It's his, it's, uh, it's his Bret Hart taking a chest bump in the turnbuckle, getting Irish whipped into the buckle. It's, it's his Rey Mysterio being thrown under the bottom rope, sliding and landing on the ground. It's his big bump he takes in all big matches. So, like, that's the point. Alex, before you got, you got Ben K punched in the half of Bulldogs. It's just like Bret Hart taking the chest bump in the turnbuckle. It's just like, yeah. it's just like Rey Mysterio going under the bottom rope and landing on the ground. This is his big bump that he takes in big matches like this. Yep. And if you were not – now, did you know he was about this spot before you watched the match? Uh, no, I did not. So did it, did it, when it happened, seem like, oh, they're just doing that gross Ben K spot? Um, it looked pretty brutal, but I, I honestly thought it was just him selling because he does it so well where he exactly. looks like concussed in every single match that I, singles match that I've seen him uh, do in probably since the pack match. And, and and so where I went with – where I was going was everybody that knew that he got knocked out went into that already anticipating it to be brutal. So they, I think they made it feel more brutal than it even was because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, he's going to get knocked out. Here it comes. I'm ready for it. Of course now it looks gross. But, like, I want that same person to watch him do the spear and eat a Bakhtari slide from the rookie boy and tell me that that wasn't worse. Yeah. That's true. You know I mean? So <laughs> that's true. The, minute, yeah. the minute Skywalker – stands up. He doesn't even look at Ben K. He goes right into the moonsault knees, stands right up and does it again and goes right to the corner. Yep. Nobody is even acknowledging Ben K because it's just natural. These, they're trained in the Dragon Gate dojo that we are perfection. You are not going to get into a ring until you are perfection. So they didn't think anything of it. Then when he doesn't kick out and he tries to pick him up, that's when everyone went, oh shit, he's hurt. So then yeah. he does the first thing that comes to his mind a second moonsault and it's over. I don't see anything wrong with that. But you could see for that second where Skywalker and the ref literally look at each other with a, oh shit. And then he just, so that's why I'm like, I don't know if the ref or Ben Gay is signaling him like go up again, you know, and the match, you know, if it was supposed to go a little bit longer, you know, it was like, I think you know, they were just like, go home, you know, where, yeah. where that was the essential, you know, spot, like go home, hit him. And like I said, Seeing that second one, I was like, okay, that was safer due to a reason. I think when they made that, that eye contact, like you said, and they went, oh, shit, he's really hurt. That's why I think Shun just went, ha, ah, and did yep. the pose and then went up again. Because he yep. didn't know what else to do. He's never encountered that in his short four-year career, people. Well, and also, you know, you got to have the audience, you know, not, you know, you have to distract them from like, oh my mm-hmm. God, is he hurt to him, you know, going, ah, moonsaw. And it was a quick ass moonsaw to his credit, yeah. you know, because and, they wanted to get that match over with. And that, that, that team of wrestlers didn't care about factions and they all got in there so fast to take care of him. Yeah. Like yeah. people don't acknowledge that the minute the third, the third, the three count happens, Dragon dies on the apron, taking the ring. Robot. Yep. Yep. Now, the, if you want to criticize something, how about we criticize that there was no doctor? Why does Dragon Gate not have any doctors? Because, because when, 
when but, when Yoshino broke his neck, it was the same thing. There was no doctors or trainers. Really? Yeah. So like, if you want to, how are you the number two company and you don't have a doctor on on hand? I don't know. Like unless. One of those guys is like a certified doctor, and that's why they just don't do it. I don't know. I've never dug into that. But this is the first time I thought about it because I'm just like people are – they did everything as perfect as they could. They they all just sprung to the ring and started ripping the ring apart to get him out of the ring safely under a rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just I – don't, I don't believe it. I don't buy into people that are shitting on it. It's like – like there, there was a meme I saw on a Puro group on Facebook, and it was like – non-watching Dragon Gate fans, and it was like bubbles of like, I can't believe that 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 he still has a job, or how did that ref not stop it, or they're so not safe, or what is wrong with them? Why would they do this? And then, and then it says Dragon Gate fans, and like, oh my god, Masato Yoshino has his ice blue contacts, and uh, Susumu Yokosuka has his razor scooter again, like a callback from when they first started in Toromon. <laughs> Jesus, what pure group Facebook group is that? That's some, that's some like, uh, some B side shit right there, and that's some deep cuts. <laughs> you know, so. Wow. Sorry, I'm answering. I, I, I don't I'm know. answering a text. I apologize. I, I also think you know, kind of the other that oh shit look that they had. Also could have been like, is he selling this? Is this legit? You know, it, it could have been a multitude of, of different things there, but I I wouldn't give him grasp. You know, it, it was just like the Alex Reynolds thing during that tag match where he's knocked out. Everyone is doing moves off the top rope or, you know, they're just continuing the match and he's laying there for like a minute. Or, you know, Kyrie saying, you know, getting hurt in that DLC tag match. And, you know, God bless Beth Lynch getting her out of harm's way. But Charlotte beforehand just murdering her and throwing her against, you know, the uh, the the uh, ring post or, or, you know, the side of the ring there. So it's... Yeah, yeah. Why does anyone crap on that? You know, like... Or Jax as a whole. Yeah, yeah, but this is... This is them making making a quick call to end the match without blowing character and yeah. your man. Yeah, I it's didn't realize it was catching that, that much heat with four white guys. So yeah. sorry, four white guys on the internet that watch Japanese. Four, four white guys and a skinny black guy who's not in my basement right now. Oh, who kill a cans? Dempster's like, I can't believe he did four. I'm like, shut up! You broke your arm and kept wrestling. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Because he doesn't have insurance. <laughs> I should have took Caesar. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke that I realized wasn't going to get over because it didn't. We were we were playing bags uh, during one of the first games of the season this year, and um, I, I was Isaiah and Jordan and Caesar were over, and um, I thought I was on Caesar's team because we were lined up next to each other because I hadn't played before. And Jordan's like, no, I, it's Isaiah and Caesar together because they're lined up across from each other. It's me and you. But you've like, never played bags before 2020? I, I mean, I had it like Klecker's house, but it was just us drinking, so I didn't like no, no. rules. Or had Klecker. And uh, so, like, Caesar nails like six in a row. And I'm like, should have took Caesar. <laughs> and Jordan was mad the rest of the day. <laughs> 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 to the point, like, he. He like made like a game winning play and we won in the third game. He's like, Told you you should just like he was so mad that I was like Oh totally. But 
<laughs> I'm glad you went to this this first because this to me kind of was the main event. Oh um, yeah. This was one of only a couple matches that at the end of this match I said if anybody doesn't go five stars they're crazy, and I and then I, I don't mean that as crazy like if, if, you, if people didn't like the match as much as me totally fine because there's matches that I don't like that people like but this was a no brainer this is in my top five no matter what I don't know what what it's gonna kick out but I, this was this was arguably the greatest this is over the Bucks and Page and Omega in your book though right I I don't know so here's Here's where here's where I'm struggling. Before we get into this match, is Okada Naito, Shiozaki Okada, Okada Shiozaki and Nakajima, and Nakajima. the Page uh, Omega Young Bucks, Walter and Dragunov, Fujita and Shiozaki. That match was like you know, it's not going to make my list, but damn, that match was like the more I look back about it, I love it. It's my I love most... it because I wanted to hate it. And the more I always thought about it, to this day, and that match was what, in March or April? But to this yeah. day, that's the Shiozaki match I always think about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most memorable and, and recognizable match of the, of the no-fan era. I don't know, man. That hardcore match, DDT, uh, Yoshihiko, and, uh, and, and Joker Kazma. Yeah, that, that was, was really good. And I mean, obviously, it was phenomenal. Masato Tanaka and Tetsuya Endo. Yes, yeah. Well, didn't they have Wait, fans there? No, no that, was, that was no, that was no, no one at Peter Pan. So they had but, two nights of no people at Peter. Uh, wow, that's wild. But then, like, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, but man, I'm never gonna forget that. Oh, like, yeah. Twenty years from now, I'm gonna remember Fujita Suzuki because of staring for half an hour, um, and then they beat the shit out of each other for 25 minutes. They brawled around Corican, which no one's done like that before. And then mm-hmm. Fujita, who always spits water all over him, <laughs> tries to do it with Sanitizing. the uh, and he just goes ah, and like almost barbs. And but then he does it again anyway because he doesn't care. But what's <laughs> crazy? He, he pulled a Bob Jama R.I.P. Um, what's crazy <laughs> is he, Jordan Silk, get married, having babies. T.J. Max, <laughs> but my thing is with that match, it's it. it you know everything you just said. It, it, we've talked about it for forever, and we'll continue to talk about it forever. But what always stands out to me is the what ifs of that match. What if there was a crowd? What if they would eat oh, every oh. second of that stare down for thirty minutes? What if the crowd went nuts after the very first strike? You know, there's just so many different aspects of what a crowd played into that to possibly make that a five star match and resurrect, you know, Fujita's career, which would be insane. If if they would have had fans, that would have been over. Because totally, it's it's, it's crazy. Because there's more discipline fans. Oh my there. gosh! And the anticipation, like what's going to happen when they finally do? Like so, like people would have like sweaty palms, like while yeah. that was going on. You know, like oh my god, what's going to happen here? Like so, I mean, there's that. You know, and and let's not forget about you know Kento Mihara's matches with Zeus and Suama. Yeah, but, that's very true. I look at this ten man, and I'm—I've never seen a better like multi-man like this. Like, I'm not talking tag team. Like, this to me is on par. This was the best War Games match I've seen in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think like, I think ever. I think ever. Like, I think this is on par with that Dragon Gate six man that I wanted you to watch as Ooh. arguably the best best 
six to ten person tag I've ever seen in my entire life. And, and the reason it was so special to me is for the simple fact of, you know, we we started covering Dragon Gate when I when I got you into Dangerous Gate in May of 2019. That's when you went, holy crap! I need to ingest more of this. Mm-hmm. And then that's then we got then we got to Kobe World, and you had already started getting invested into Red and Ben K and Pac and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then we we took the journey through the entire second half of 2019, which was you know which is why Dragon Gate got my company the year. I don't remember what got yours, but um, and then we get to obviously MLW. <laughs> you you were up there with uh with uh Adam Thorn Thorn Hart or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. But uh, 20, yeah, then Bruce Mitchell. Starts, Ultimo Dragon suddenly back, and we we turn into Dragon Gate Toruman and R R E D. I love. I just love how he <laughs> says that. I don't know why. Um, but then it was an entire year because on the 27th it ended, and we got to watch this generational battle that felt like this was like a multi-year war. Mm-hmm. And it ended but it was in just 12 a year. months. Yeah, <laughs> and this just a was year. basically this was basically the end of it. And then the masquerade. It was like the MCU all wrapped in a year of wrestling, like like a big comic crossover. Not a crossover. Yeah, a crossover mm-hmm. because Ultimate Dragon came back. You know, it was mm-hmm. a big thing. He was making his comeback at Kobe World, and then like you said, it was just you know there were what four or five factions maximum tribe vanguard of course red so on and so on and then all of a sudden it just went to the toramon generation the dragon generation and red it was like the main heel nwo versus the wolf pack in wcw so mm-hmm. it worked at that type of levels for me where I was like all right you know it's it's not all convoluted it's hey these two groups hates this group, but this group keeps getting bigger and bigger, but adapting to what these other two older groups are doing because we're fresher and we're cooler and we're heel dicks, that's for sure. And it was on that level because you want to see the bad guys lose. Guess what? Dragon Gate isn't your WWE. Dragon Gate isn't your New Japan. Dragon Gate isn't your mainstream-ish, ladies and Dragon Gate says, you know what? We're going to take the leader of R.E.D. out and have you go, ooh, Ada's going to get eliminated first, yeah. huh? What's happening? On, a powerbomb in the corner to that barbed wire that he brought out with his name on it. And oh. then all of a sudden, you know what? We're going to take out Naruki Doi as well as Masato Yoshino right out the gates for Team Toramon. And how is this going to happen when you have the future in Hoopop Kakuda, which pimp name, by the way, Io Watanabe, yeah. the true leader of R.E.D., or I should say the future leader of R.E.D., and Kickboy Kaito Ishida and S.B. Kento. Sorry, the MVP, the rookie, the whatever the hell you want to call it. He's the real yeah. MVP of 2020. Who didn't have a Rookie of the Year award this year because they probably didn't want to give it again to a Dragon Gate guy. <laughs> like, uh, and, like, well, and, 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 you know, back up with that, too. As you mentioned, Aita goes out first. So Hip Hop Kakuda, who's 19, just joined the group, discus Larry Yoshino and takes him out like that. And then through just pure violence with an armbar inside of a chair, SB mm-hmm. Kento, 
takes out Naruki Doi, and it's now 4-3 R.E.D. without 8. It just, it's just the storytelling. When he hit that dreidel pile driver to Yoshino on mm-hmm. those chairs before giving him that lariat, that was insane. Oh, my God. And it was just like, oh, like this is insane. Like, like, well, we don't care about your neck, bro. You're getting out of here. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> Sumu comes in and hits Yo with that Yokosuka cutter on the open chair. Gives you the three oh to God. three. And then, and then Ashita with one with another one of the most giant powder baths ever gets you know SB Kento now getting his second head mm-hmm. rolls him up with the victory. And then, oh, and don't and forget then, the Genki spot yep, to get his ass out, out of there. Now you're done. Well, before that you're at three two, and I'm going, man, are they gonna are they gonna let the kids win? And then <laughs> Genki gets the miss in the backslide from heaven on Kakuda. Um. So they're, now it's 2-2. Two, two. And then Kento goes, yep, let me get another victory. Gives the pile driver to Genki through that table. How small oh was gosh. that table? And how great was it that R.E.D. held that table for him so he could deliver yeah. that pile driver and smash that shit? <laughs> that was when, when, when everybody started, like, they, they were friends with Genki for a minute. All right, we got, we got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it's 2-1 and it's Dragon Kid of all people left. Wait, do you think they said, hey, that knockout spot, that's for the main event. We, we got to, you know, yeah, make sure yeah. Genki doesn't get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, because we, we want to get the internet pissed off of that we're unsafe <laughs> over here. And, and now at this point, it's 2-1, and they start t- just picking like like vultures at Dragon Kid's mask. Wonderful. And and now that clap crowd is in is in moaning agony, screaming. And now it's like, well... This is how you know it's over, because this clap crowd, who is the most disciplined human beings in the world, they said, we don't care about this shit. They're going to beat Dragon Kid Doromon. Yeah. And then Dragon Rana out of nowhere on Kaito Ashida makes it 1-1. And I'm going, oh my god, they're going to give SP Kento four wins. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a made man. And then you get the train spots with all the lariats. And then it, all the shenanigans going on, and then out of nowhere. Yes. When I teed up for the third match, Komomama Ichikawa sneaks in the ring and actually hits the German suplex. And How beautiful was that? Building was going to explode. That was the biggest pop I've heard in the, that anyone's heard, I think, in the, in the COVID era for Japan. And Dragon Kid gets the pin, and he, he has him beat, no kick out, but then Ethan grabs the arm. Yep. And somehow Ace gets back into it, and we see this gross nut shot. And then the SB lock after stomping his nuts and Dragon Kid. Dragon Kid, I thought, was then going to get the rope, and he pulls him back. Kento gets the victory. I mean. And they even pulled the mask spot with Dragon Kid. They do the whole, you know, desperado that happened a few days, if not a week prior to that. Dragon Kid, you know, is pissed. You could see his face, but yeah, they just take the mask off of Dragon oh, Kid there. Their <laughs> it was, and what was cool is this was not a drawn out match. I mean, some of these, you know, especially big multi man matches like this with big consequences you know, of must disband, no DQ. What WWE NXT? Those are usually about fifty minute matches. This was just quick and to the point. It was quick. 
in the middle where you're just like, oh, you know, it usually irritates me. It's like, oh, why are they getting lost too quickly? But it was just like, no, the hatred and the animosity, you know, within these people, everything is on the line. So, you know, you're hooking the leg a little bit more. You're smashing someone's arm through a chair a little bit, you know, harder. So, you know, uh, I totally loved and understood the you know, everything that this match was going for. And, I mean, I, I, I'm one of the few people that really enjoyed that stadium stampede match. I know you weren't the biggest fan of it. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like these big faction matches, you know, the war games matches were okay this year, but damn it. If it's between this and dangerous gates, I don't know which one to pick, but this one so far has that, that five star, uh, love right now. And, and this was just a, a form of storytelling and to close after 20 years, the chapter of Toraman, you know, within this organization was, was a beautiful way to end it by not only making stars, but like you said, making the guy in SB Kento, SBK. As, I mean, this is fantastic. And then, I don't like, it's just the more I think about this match. And just, then silence. That was more deafening yeah. than the people, claps. People couldn't silence. believe it. They were just awestruck, like, oh, oh, nobody knew what to do. Jesus nobody knew what to do. Going through that hard wire table, that was insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we like Dragon Gate, ladies and germs. That's why it's probably going to be both of our promotion uh, of 2020 when it all comes down to, yes, and Noah had a fantastic string of championship matches uh, all Japan's, you know, kind of building up, you know, the low Sinfant, uh, you know, doing great things with Suwama, you know, Kento Miyahara being a mentor to a lot of different wrestlers after being champion for over a year. And the Dragon Gates, they are just firing literally on all cylinders, bringing BB Hulk back to life. Kai having a hell of a time, you know, intergenerational factions within one of RED alone. And just so many storylines within that faction alone just makes me go, holy shit, what is 2021 going to bring? You see all of a real extreme diffusion on the ramp saying we did it as SP Kento is praising to the gods of Dragon Gate saying, I am here. This is me. I am now. It just makes me think, what the hell are they going to do? Company just keeps adapting and rolling and holy shit Ryan I cannot wait to see what they do this year yeah um Dragon Gate disbanded on the 27th after losing the masquerade um they said on the 9th at KBS Hall uh they Genki and and Susumu Yokosuka invited KZ back to let's start natural vibes get that going I still think turn on him and he goes yeah. heel. and I want to see I want to see Hyo Watanabe, Kaito Ishida, Hip Hop Kakuda, and SB Kento either kick all the old guys out of RED or leave RED and start a group with KZ. What would that group be? Since he's, oh, because he's Hip Hop Kakuda. You bastard. <laughs> you bastard. No, it, when Ada got eliminated first, I that was my first thought. I was like, oh, they're kicking him out. Yeah, they're finding them out. We don't need you. But the thing is, is but then he saved the match. So I'm like, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of dr- dramatics, and that's why we love this company, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh, so good, man. So good. Um, we're going to try to get back tonight and do, we're thinking around like 1130, like four hours from now, Alex. Correct. With our, uh, Even though we're we're in, when this episode is not castable, they're going to be like, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to just throw that back up there. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to get that going here tonight for you guys. Uh, we're going to try to get the Twitch stream set up too. So we'll be on Twitch and blog talk live at the same time, but uh, keep tabs. We'll have uh notes out for you on the social media networks as well as we're getting ready. Alex, as always, it's a pleasure. We got wrestling to do a few hours, sir. Have a good yeah. day, everybody. Nap time. Boom. <laughs> Night.